What's good, fam? Thanks for joining me, your host, Corey Cabri, on the Living Life on Purpose podcast, where we discuss various topics on how to apply God's principles to your everyday life. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Picking right up from last week, we talked about how do you deal with difficult people. And we synthesized that the most difficult person to deal with is ourselves. <laughs> ourselves. Ourselves. So we, how do we deal with ourselves? Because there's so much of us to deal with. And a lot of times, you know, we, we don't really look at it like it's us because we're always looking at other people. People make us do what we do. Then, you know, of course, the famous phrase, the devil makes us do what we do. You know, and the brother just get picked on all the time, you know, because he's just in every place at once. And he's really not. He's like us. He was created, too. So he's only in one place at a time. But beyond that, beyond that, we have a lot of, we have a lot of things going on with ourselves. And one of the biggest things that when you come into a relationship with God, one of the biggest things that I've learned as gaining is getting to know God is that he shows me me. Like, it's like a big old mirror. Like, yeah, yeah, you didn't know you had that problem, but you, you do. And a lot of it's dealing, it's, a lot of it is circumstantial, right? He puts me in circumstances and things come about. And I start to act a certain way. They say with pressure, when a person gets under pressure, you know, uh, you get to see the true them because what they are, what they truly are comes out. You know, like that old saying, pressure busts bust the water pipe. And it depends on how strong the pipe is, right? Because if the pipe's strong, then it ain't going to burst, right? Um, so then God begins to show you you, you know what I mean? And it's to the extent that you're willing to accept what he's showing you. You know, are you going to believe that it's him showing you you or showing you these things about you? And, and, and the reason being is because a lot of you, well, in regards to most of you, most of you, if you look at Galatians, because we're about to jump into Galatians, but most of you has no, doesn't want any part of God. Most of you don't. Most of you don't. Most of you doesn't want any dealings with God. You know what I mean? Because he... God is constraining your flesh, and you want that thing to just run wild. You just want, nah, I want my flesh to run wild. It's like, I don't want my flesh to run wild. I, I, I want it constrained. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny because that's not true. As soon as, like I said, as soon as that pressure comes, then the true you is going to come out. And, and that pressure could be in any form, right? It could be in any form. It could come in the form of uh, actual oppression, right? You're getting bullied, and your flesh is going to want to do some stuff. Your flesh is going to want to do stuff. I mean, part of your flesh may want to reach out and touch them, you know, and I ain't talking about laying hands on them to pray for them. And I ain't talking about, like, the phone company, but, like, reach out and, you know, hurt them. Uh, And then another part of you might want to reach out and hurt yourself. As a result of that oppression, I just, woe is me, you know, like I'm no good. Nobody, nobody loves me. Nobody regards me. Everybody thinks of me in this way. And probably they probably not even thinking about you, but because of something that 
that happened to you as a, that came to you in a form of oppression in a circumstance uh, you begin to look at yourself as uh, in a negative light, like, oh, everybody hates me. Everybody hates Chris, the TV show. Everybody loved him. But that wasn't true. But anyways, I've rambled enough. I've rambled enough. Um, how do we deal with our flesh? That's the question. How do we deal with it? Anybody, any takers, anybody want to raise their hand and speak on it? Oh wow! I think I think the whole classroom like left the room when I asked that question. Like everybody just ran out in the hall like it was a fire drill. It's oh. a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you say deal, and I'm like, do we really deal with it, or do we mess up and then go, oh, that was my flesh? Mm-hmm. So, so more, ro- so, more reactive than proactive. Right, right. I mean, ah, very rarely. Could I say I go out the door saying, "Okay, Lord, check my flesh today," you know, yeah. and you know, yeah. But I think, um, yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh, okay, that's good. That's good though. Maybe I mean in a proactive way for me is to just to be on purpose. I think is is that to to have that close relationship with Jesus, like objectively every day to say, you know, direct my steps and do this and, and, um, and guide me through today. So, so that when some sort of temptation comes across, I, I have some sort of, uh, muscle memory to just, um, to just walk away, to just, to, to have something in me that sparks that, uh, acknowledgement of, of, that that's my flesh or that's wrong, and then to 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 step away to I mean and call Jesus and uh, you know to to come into place I think is um, I don't know if that makes any sense but it does if, makes if a lot of sense you know if I'm uh, you know feeling tempted in some way like I feel uh, more now than before uh, the more I'm in constant prayer and, and reading and things like that that it, I, I have a quicker spark to know mm-hmm. that there's something wrong and, and I need to change the, the air, I call it, you know. So if I'm feeling a certain way or thinking about something and I just change the atmosphere, I, I get up and move, go somewhere, call a friend, you know, read something. Like it's just, I think, not to allow, um, you know, things to, to come in my mind because I think that's where everything starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's, yeah, that's good. That's real. It, it, uh, the proactive, as I was just saying, it just, Praying and 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 uh, I guess confronting it beforehand and like he I like how you put it muscle memory, right? It's like you 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 are aware that it has happened or it could happen, so you try to practice what you should do before it happens. And and in a in the nutshell or in a sense, um, from a physical standpoint, right? That's that's how you would go about it, right? But before you get to that point, before you get to that point, you talked about something uh, in regards to praying. Like, what are you praying about, right? And that's when it comes to that relationship. When you, like I was saying, when you get in this relationship, we talked about having an establishing a relationship with God. You get in this relationship, and God immediately begins to show you who you are. And one of two things are going to happen. You're either going to accept it or you're going to reject it, right? If you accept it, if you accept it and then you see, oh, man, I'm ugly. And I'm going to tell you why you're going to say that, because you see how beautiful God is. 
you begin to recognize the distinction between you and God. And think about this. I put it in terms of relationship with God. Think about it being in terms of relationship with another person. Man, man, female, female, or man, female. It doesn't matter. But when you get in a relationship with another person, and if you are really into the person as, like, this is my friend. Like, I go to bat for this person. Like, man, they got my back. I got their back. And they point out something ugly about you. What is the first thing you're going to want to do? You may want to react against it, like if they your Point friend, though, negatively. Nah, not your friend. Not your no? friend. Y'all always not have friends. With my friends, <laughs> <laughs> people that are my friends, like people that got my back, they go to bed for me, they point out something to me. I'm like, huh? You're right. This is ugly. I don't want to offend you in that light. In other words, I don't want to offend you like this because you're my friend. If they're not my friend, then, I mean, you know, like, psh, you just going to have to deal with it. It's just me. But your friend? You hurting your friend in a certain way because you got this ugly thing about you? You're not going to keep being ugly towards your friend. I mean, really? Really, y'all like that towards y'all friends? Y'all just, I'm just going to keep No. <laughs> <laughs> you think... my, this, this, this is my best friend, and my friend just pointed something out about me. I'm just going to keep doing this to my best friend. No, like, so I think it's because sometimes it's, 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 there, there are things that we, we're stuck in, in a point of view, you know, and, and mm-hmm. pride has a huge thing with it. And, and you know, I can mm-hmm. just tell you the, the, a, clue, a very close example to me uh-huh. was that I was having issues with how my mom was doing something, especially in the house and, and having a Bible study group. And I think I remember telling you, Corey, like I was like, I was just like, okay, at five o'clock, I just, I just want to, yeah, peace and quiet. I don't want like vacuum running and all this stuff. And I was doing a little bit of things to just kind of get ready. And then, and then in my mind, I was just like, all I ask is that at five o'clock, this stops. Right. So, so I was set on my, on my thinking, you know, I was just like, I was like planted on that, that this is all I ever ask. This is all I want. And, and, and he made me very close to to be open to anything else. And uh, I was mad. I was angry because because it was 5.30 and there she was, you know. Right. So Jen, Jen pointed out something very important to me. And she was like, she's like, well, you don't, you don't want your mom cleaning at 5, right? I'm like, yeah. Like, I just, I just asked, but that's the one thing I just don't want. And she said, you know, well, why don't you clean it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And right. then... It took me a while. Honestly, it was, I was like, no, like I was, that's all I ask and all this stuff. But it took a little bit to set in, you know, my heart and just, and just really analyze and be like, ah, oh, you know what? That is just, there's just absolute truth in that. And then, and then I was able to really get out of my, my own pride and then just, just accept that I did have a responsibility and, 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 and that I did have also the power to change things. If I wasn't happy with something, then I was able to do something about it uh, by taking charge of it and not by putting obligations on someone else. Um, so it, it took me a little bit, and I think that's maybe where like someone sometimes points something out. I, at least for myself, I get sometimes defensive, and, and I need to process a little bit. I, I'm very mm-hmm. quick to maybe react to my flesh in that sense, and then I need mm-hmm. some time to, to just absorb things and process them. And then you changed. And then I changed, yeah. Because because your friend said something. 
Well, not necessarily. I think I take in whatever someone says and I and I process it. You know, because they may be wrong, they may be right, but um, you know, in that instance, you know, she 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 spoke with a lot of truth, and it was in love. It was it was speaking through love. Um, but there are sometimes, yeah, if someone says something that that has nothing to do with my character. You know, my background is is, is um, not the closest to to walking with God, and, and I have many friends that, you know, are from that um, circle, and, you know, when my life has changed so much lately, I still get, you know, called out for things that I did or things like that, and that can that can sometimes pierce a little bit through you to to hurt your identity or who you are now, you know, because it's like, oh, but you did this, like, Jose, you were doing this and that. And then it, it, it hurts a little bit, but but I have to really remind myself of who I belong to, and and who I am now. So sometimes it still has to go through that process. But I think words can can hurt, can build or destroy, and and we just have to learn to to ultimately know our identity in Christ, and so that we can stay um, on our feet. I would say because you know good or bad, sometimes we don't know how to take it mm-hmm. and, and unless we know our identity. No, I mm-hmm. get it. You you want to say something, Michelle? Yes, um, Jose was sharing. I was just hearing the scripture you gave us in Romans 8 where it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about people bringing stuff up to you, you are now in Christ and... Uh, you're not walking after the flesh anymore. You're walking after the spirit, and so it can be a little difficult to hear about. But you're a new cre- creation in Him, mm-hmm. and so just really um, walking after the spirit and just being able to shake that off. No condemnation. Right. Yeah, right. And I think, and I think, but it only it only makes sense if we know our identity in Christ. Because if I mm-hmm. didn't know then I wouldn't know right. what the truth is, you know. So it's, mm-hmm. I think practicing that, we also tend to have that muscle memory to to go back to what we know, what is used to us. And I think especially when building the faith, if something challenges you, we tend to go back to our, like, that the, the muscle memory of, I would say, the, the, from the wrong. So we have to start practicing the good. And I think that constant relationship, that constant reminder of who we are, the constant identity to keep it fresh in our minds is important because otherwise we fall back to to what we used to do or be. Um, mm-hmm. And but it's, it's knowing the identity of who I am now that that saves me from many times, you know, going back to to certain mindset or or actions. Right. Right. So. I began well again I, I keep going back to it it's going to resonate but I keep going back to it when when you establish a relationship with God um again and I know I said this before but I'm saying it again he shows you who you are he shows you you and one of two things you're going to do you're going to either accept it or you're going to reject it. in establishing a relationship with a person and this is I'm going to go back to a person so when you when you're trying to get Say, you know, this boo thing. Say, I'm going to put a boo thing on there. Because everybody can relate to this. Because when you try to get a boo thing, a boo thing, that's, uh-huh. that's a significant other. 
you know me, I, I like to have fun with this stuff. So I said a boo thing, yes. Uh, when you try to get a boo thing, you got this person, right? And they cute, you're cute, <laughs> right? And y'all are relating. Guess what you do? You put your what foot forward, your best foot forward. Ain't nobody going up into that thing talking about, hey, you know, I got a problem with pride. Ain't nobody going up in there talking about they got an issue with they bipolar. Ain't nobody going to say that. I'm bipolar. <laughs> I can't, I, I ain't nobody going to say they got a bad memory. You know what they're doing? They're trying to dress up themselves to look the best for that person. And guess what happens if that person actually looks at them in a light that says, you're the best for me regardless of the foot you put forward. Follow me. Follow me. When they begin to accept you for you and you see that they genuinely love you, it's like in your mind, you're like, man, I don't want to do anything to hurt this person. Like, like I, this, all this person does is just think about somebody. All they do is good to you, and then you begin to see it. Now, see, with your mom, is different. It's different. Why? Why? Because that's your mom. Like, my mom is supposed to do all this stuff for me. You know, that, that's how you look at it. Because as a child, we spoil. They spoil us, and we spoil. Like, this is my mama. She's supposed to do this. That's just the mindset we have. You know what I mean? Because mama going to be there. No matter what. However I have a relationship with my mama, she's going to be there. She got to accept me in the ugly in me, too. But this person that, in the beginning, typically in the beginning, this person that loves you genuinely, you want to change for them. And, and, and guys, especially for the woman. And, and, and I was like, you know, you can relate. Because we'll go miles and miles, miles and miles, and you, stuff you used to do for Jen in the beginning, you, you know, before you knew her to be who she was because you wanted to get her. You did all kinds of stuff. You didn't, you didn't do what you did before you met her, but then you, you went back to it after you got to know her. Yeah. But the point I'm yeah, making I'm, is we change for these people. Why? Because there's certain things that we don't want to do to hurt them or make them not want us. So we try to do and cover all of these things for the person. And I'm saying that relationship is with a physical person. Now compare that to a relationship with God. When this God who's only doing good towards you He's only doing good towards you. And when you recognize that, when you recognize that this God is only doing good towards you and he begins to show you you and he begins to show you you, right, and you see you and you like, oh, that's ugly. You're saying it's ugly because of the relationship. Now, if your relationship is shaky, Right? And I don't look at the shaky part. Just just don't look at that. I say, but I said shaky. But if it's shaky and he begins to show you you, you're more prone to not accept it. Right? You're more prone to say, uh. And when I say not accept it, I'm saying, because we're going to jump in the scripture. Uh, I'm saying you don't want to deal with it. You want to keep it. And I'm going to give you another example, a better example. When Adam ate the fruit, he was naked. And you know what he said to God when he heard God walking in the garden? He said, I hid <laughs> because I was naked. I hid because I was exposed. I didn't want you to see me, God. See what I'm saying? Do y'all following that? I didn't want you to see me. But see, 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 that is an, indica- that is an indication that he's not accepting the relationship God is wanting to have. He's, he's rejecting it. God wants to know you. Mm-hmm. He wants to know you. So, so when he sees you, he shows you you. And if you accept it, 
You know what you're going to want to do? You're going to want to remove it. I don't want this because, because God, this, this hurts us. This hurts us. So, so, so I, got, I, can't, I can't walk in this. That's why God is showing you you. He's showing you you so that you can see what's coming in between you and him. Pride comes in between you and God. It comes in between you and God. It comes in between you and God. So that's why he say he humbles the proud. And then what, what ends up happening is you end up beginning in a whole lot of situations where you're having to be humble. And you're either going gonna to either accept that or you're going to keep rejecting it. And as much as you reject it, guess what you're also doing? You're rejecting him. Because, see, he's warning you, but then you're constantly pushing him away. Now, now, I go back to the girlfriend or the boyfriend. If you want that person, right, guess what you're going to do? You're going to change. You go, nah, I got to get this out of the way so that this girl or this guy will accept me. That makes sense? See the, the picture I'm painting? I'm just painting the picture of when you establish a relationship with God, if the relationship is more important, then the change is prevalent. If the change is prevalent, you're seeking the change. Because that's the beginning stages that I wanted to point out from where Jose he started out saying when he said he was praying just, to, just so that he could get this muscle memory. He's praying about what? He's praying about things God is showing him that God doesn't accept. I know that was a roundabout way to get to that point. But I just wanted you to see it in a natural sense. Because that's, that's, that's really the process. You, you begin to pray about things that you know that God doesn't accept about you. If you accept it, if you haven't accepted it, if you haven't accepted that you're prideful, then you're not going to be praying about it. <laughs> and when I mean praying about it, I mean talking to God about how can I get out of it, <laughs> Right? I mean, that's what I mean, praying. I'm not saying, God, would you please remove this? No, no, no. God, I got a problem with pride. I got a problem with pride. And, and, and then you begin to say, well, well, where does it stem from, right? And you're like, because like, you're seeking. You're seeking God. And how can this thing get fixed? Lord, I got a problem with fornication. I got a problem with, 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 with just, I'm a cheater, Lord. I got a problem with taking things that don't belong to me. I got a problem with coveting things that aren't mine. I got this problem. Now, how can I get out of it? All right, where does it stem from? Right? And you begin to look to see where it comes. What is the root of it? What am I holding on to on the inside of me that's constantly driving me to this thing? Right? I listen to people and they talk about addictions. And every addiction stems from what I was listening to. This guy, he was talking about, in a, uh, a not a counselor, but a therapist was telling him, typically addiction stemmed from some type of a trauma that happens in the person's life. And that trauma could be physical or emotional, right? Uh, but the trauma is the thing that you're hiding. Like you hide that. And to, and to uh, the the, the the anecdote to fix it is the addiction, which is that fix it. What it does, it helps you to, it's a coping mechanism. It helps you to cope with the trauma. And a lot of times, I'm not speaking this thing into, to, to, as, a, as a truth, speaking it in the sense of this. A lot of times, the trauma is, is, is not being uh, a wit because 
is tied to a person, right, that you don't either want to forgive or, you know what I mean, it usually is that because you don't want to forgive that person that created it. I'm not, I'm, I, haven't, I haven't gotten past what they did to me, but what I did, I suppressed it and I moved on. But I needed something to help me cope. And then I, I began to, all of, these, uh, all of these things that comes in between you and God began to rise up, in other words. I mean, if, if something happened to me a long time ago, and then, I mean, my way of getting past it was becoming prideful, then that's my go-to, right? When anything in the form of what that situation was comes back to me, I go back to my pride. If, if, if I was molested when I was younger as a boy, and and now I have this desire to just have sex with everybody. <laughs> That's how I'm coping with being molested. I never I never got past it. I, I never did see it to be for what it was. Or if somebody would touch me inappropriately and then it made me want to be with men or whatever. Because I never got past what it was. And now now I'm having to deal with that thing as coming into the knowledge of God. I'm having to deal with it. I'm having to face it because God constantly showing it to me like, now this got to go. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I accept that. And then if I accept it, then it's like, I'm not strong enough to get rid of it. And then it's like, that's where Galatians 5 come in. Right? And Romans 8. Right? Because if you look at 13, well, we started at 13. But 16 says this, so I, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And then we say, how in the world are we going to walk by the Spirit? And then Romans 8 says, if the Spirit is in you. Well, if we say God is our Lord, then that's what we're saying, and that's what we believe to be true, then the Spirit is in us. Then, then, then it's like, well, how can I walk according to this? Then it starts back to the beginning, that constant prayer. This is not a solution. This is not even a process. This is a, I want to get out of this, so I'm going to constantly seek God on how to get out of it. I'm, it's not even a proactive thing. It's not a muscle memory thing. It's a choosing thing. It's a, I got to choose this before I get in it. Then when I'm, if I'm in it, I got to choose this when I'm in it. And then when I'm out of it, I got to keep choosing it. That's really that simple because you have a choice in the matter. Once you get in this relationship with whoever, just like I said, with the, with the girl or the guy, you have a choice. If you want them to be to accept you, you got a choice to either get that thing out of the way in the beginning. That's the funny part. If I can get it out of the way in the beginning, I can keep it out of the way as the duration of our relationship goes for. I can keep it out of the way because it's a choice. It's like in the beginning, I can tolerate her foolishness. <laughs> but then as the relationship goes on, I can't tolerate it anymore. No, you can. You're just choosing not to. I, it's, it's a choice. It's what choice do you want to make? So when you say walk by the Spirit, it's what choice do you want to make? It's Adam when he ate the fruit. It's I heard you walking in a garden and I was naked and I didn't hide because I was fine with you seeing me rather than 
I hid because I didn't want you to see me. It was a choice. It's just that simple. When you lay it out on the table, you look at it for what it is. I have pride. I'm going to choose humility. I have pride. I'm going to choose humility. I like to sleep with a bunch of women or dudes. I'm going to choose not to. And they say, well, it's not that easy. It is. It is. Why? Because when you, when you choose that leveler to go God's way, guess what God does? He empowers you to go his way. You got to trust God. I don't want to trust God. I okay, so then that goes back to what? goes back to you choosing. I don't want to trust God. I don't want to deal with my flesh. Why? Because you got to deal with that thing. You got to deal with it. I got I to gotta make these choices. I got to constantly make these choices. Then that, then that says what? That says what? You and you and you are constantly at the forefront of your mind in everything you do. It's like, what do you mean by that? That means, that means when God is showing you you, you're constantly looking at you. Not, not, as in, not as in I'm faithfully walking after myself. No, it is, it is I'm not forgetting who I am in every circumstance. If I know I'm a prideful person and I'm around people that I know, oh, I can't stand, I have a choice to make. When I'm around these people I can't stand, I have a choice to make. What choice is that? I got a choice to make to say I can't stand these people or I'm going to say, I'm going to look at them the way God is looking at them. I'm going to figure out why in the world I'm even looking at them that way. And then I'm going to forgive them. And it's like this long, just a stretched out thing. It's never ending. It never ends. You know what I mean? So when you think about, when you think about dealing with it, it never ends. You know what I mean? It's just, that's the whole point about it. When I say back with three, four, five weeks ago when I say you, you don't get up there and you repeat five lines and then you good. And that's what we tell people. Relationships don't just happen. There's a process of choices. It's like a process of choices. I, I got to constantly choose to stay with God. Uh, I mean, I might change my mind tomorrow. <laughs> I might. I mean, like all of a sudden, because I said I believe in God, all of a sudden this relationship is locked intact. That's not true. That's not true. It's not true. The swine can return back. The dog can return back. He can return back. Peter talked about that. I have a choice. I have a choice. Do I want to be in this relationship with God? Do I want to be in this relationship with her? Do I want to be in this relationship with him? It's a choice you got to make. And it's going to be some things that's going to come about that makes your flesh crawl. But what's more important? Is the relationship more important? If that relationship is more important, then guess what? I'm going to keep the, the ugly me in the forefront knowing that, okay, this is the me. It's like, it's like I'm going to put that thing in the forefront of me like a, like a picket sign, picket sign. And it had everything about me in the forefront. And I got it right there. And, I'm, and I got it right before God. Like, God, this is the ugly me that I am. This is the ugly me that's coming in between you and me getting closer. And I want to get closer. I want to get closer. So guess what? I'm going to walk with that thing towards God. <laughs> and God's going to keep removing every layer. 
He's going to remove every layer. As you walk towards him, he's going to keep removing every layer. But guess what? You've got to choose to walk towards him. You can't be hiding like Adam. And if you go to Romans 6, which I'm not going to go there because I'll probably more talk more about it next week, but if you go to Romans 6, it, it talks about to whom you yield your members to, that's who you are a servant to. So then here we go again, what we're talking about, your choice. It's like, it's like if I know I don't like a certain people, I constantly think about how I don't like them. Every time you see them, oh, I don't like them, oh, I can't stand them. Instead of you see somebody you don't like, you look at God, and you say, well, who does God not like? It's a choice. Who does God not like? Who does God look at and say, with this dang? Is it a who or is it a it? Because what he looks at with disdain is sin. Then you begin to take on that thought process of God. But you can't take on that thought process of God if you ain't hanging with him. Here we go. You got a relationship. When I'm in the relationship with God, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm regurgitating and reiterating all of this stuff because if you're not looking at all of that, then you ain't dealing with your flesh. You're letting that thing do whatever it wants to do. You're letting it do whatever you want. It's like it's this this it's almost like an exercise. You know what I mean? You said muscle memory, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like an exercise. It is. It's almost like an exercise. But do you actually go through the exercise with God? Are you actually or is it this ritual type of thing you do? God, I know I got ugly flesh, take it away. And then you go off and you just do all of this stuff with your flesh. I'ma just keep doing all of this fleshy stuff versus Going off, like it said over in James, but the opposite, because it says you read something in the scriptures and then you leave the scripture and not do it like, like you forgot who you were because you read the scripture. Oh, this is who I am. And then you walked away from the scripture and didn't do it, forgetting who you are, forgetting who you are. I paraphrased that scripture. I did. But in James chapter one. <laughs> but anyway, point that I'm making is this. When you're in a relationship with God, you constantly got to keep you in the forefront. You and God, really. I said God, I ain't not leaving him out. But you and your relationship with God. I mean, therefore, 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 therefore is now no condemnation to them who walk after the spirit and not after themselves. Because I'm keeping me, me, the ugly me, and who God wants me to be and God in the forefront. I'm constantly keeping that in the forefront. And it, what does that do? It prepares me for everything that's going to come my way, even when I'm not anticipating it, because I can't anticipate it. But I know me, though. I know me. If I, if I stop hiding, I know me. I know me. I know I'm going to treat my mom like this if she acts like that. I know that. All right, now that you know that, how about you start choosing things before so that when it does happen, you're not going to act like that. What are you choosing? I'm going to choose God before it happens so that when it does happen, I'm not choosing me. And what is the me that I have to choose? What is the me that I have to choose? The, the me that God is showing, showing me that he wants me to be. What is that trauma that I'm holding on to? that that person did that makes me always just, I just can't trust women. I'm just going to have sex with everybody. What is that trauma that I'm holding on to? Why am I holding on to the trauma? Because it was just, it, just, it was just, you just don't know like I know. No, I don't know like you know. I sure don't know. 
But I bet if you share it with God, I bet he can help you. I bet he can help you. I bet he can. Because we say we got relationships with him. We say we do. We say we do. Well, if we do, then we got to trust him. Right? And this isn't something that you master. It's something that you choose. You just choose it. You just, you, you choose it. You you keep making that same choice over and over again. I have a relationship with God, so I'm going to walk with it. Because if you go back to Galatians, it says, it says it even off in Romans 8. It says it in Romans 8. It says that, and I mean, I'm paraphrasing it, but, but the flesh and God are at odds. They're at odds. They, they are not desiring to coexist. They are not. They are not. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. And they are in conflict with each other. They are constantly in a conflict. Constantly. And God is not the God of confusion. Right? So then so then guess what? I got I gotta let go of something. I gotta let go of something. I gotta I gotta choose the the other way. I gotta choose the other way. I mean, I'm done. I, I gotta choose the other way. I have to. If I confuse you, good, because now you got questions, and I love questions. Um, but oh, I love it. I, I keep thinking of uh, during the men's convention. There was an analogy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, express that we are in the driver's seat and we are made of, uh, you know, body, soul, and spirit. Yeah. And and we ha- we're, we're in the driver's seat and there's also, you know, we get to choose who who is our co-pilot. And, yeah. it, and it can be your body or it could be your spirit. Yeah. And you have that, con- your, your body is very needy. Your body is that very loud, you know, crazy person. <laughs> like, no, 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 yes. go this way, yes. go that way. You need this. Yes. Like, let's stop here. And then, and then your spirit is more like the the calm one that says like, no, this is where we need to go. Like, right. but but the body's so loud that that you have to choose to put your body on the back seat and bring your spirit in the front seat so that so that you can have a good guidance. But you're always gonna have that struggle of your body trying to trying to come back in the front seat and it's like the little three year old that doesn't stop and he's just like screaming and he's like trying to get in the front and he's like, no, I want this. And and then you have to just learn to do that. I I. Yes. For me, I think that a lot of what you said has has so much truth, and and I think my struggle is also as I think the beginnings for me, um, like me learning how I got to where I got before, mm-hmm. it started with a thought. It was yeah. that thought that that became maybe uh, like an action, and that action became you know, like a routine and that routine became, yeah. you know, uh, something more and then it became my character. In, in, in that sense, I, I, that simple thought it be, it started to create a reaction and it started to do it so often that all of a sudden you blur everything and then I was just doing it because it was natural. It was just yeah. a habit of doing things. And, and I think that's where I refer to muscle memory because my, I, I know how, how difficult or how damaging a thought can be. And it has to stop from the thoughts. And, and I think that now I have to make that, that muscle memory change to where, like, my thoughts are with Jesus and they start with that. And, and as soon as I have a bad thought, think of Jesus and, and, and then create that, start to create a little, 
that little process of muscle memory playing to where like that thought becomes an action. So now when I have a bad thought, I, I create already a different action, which is go run to running to Jesus, you know, and say, okay, get me out of this. I don't like it. Right. <laughs> you know, change the air. Like, and, and it's starting to do that as a habit because I choose a lot of, I, I, Does anybody else have anything? All right. I'll leave you with this. It's, it starts with a choice, right? It starts with a choice. I said a lot of things, uh, but it starts with a choice. But you have to know the, the distinction between you and God in order for you to choose what God is wanting. And I say that again. You got to know the difference between you, you, who you are, and then who God is wanting you or what God is wanting you to choose. And how will you know what God is wanting you to choose? Well, you got to seek God. All right. Therefore, there's never no, no condemnation to them who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I got to be walking after God. I got to be walking after God, dragging that ugly me to him. I got to take me to God. I mean, I can't, I can't. It's, there's a lot of people that are disciplined enough. Yes, they can, like monks, you know, they can separate themselves and they can physically control uh, a lot of what they physically do, but, but they can't physically control the mindset. That's why they separate themselves totally from the world so that they can remove that outer influence. But when you can't remove the outer influence, now you got to deal with your mind. You got to deal with the inner you, right? And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about dragging that inner you to God and you're constantly communing with him about what you should choose that he's wanting you to choose so that you won't choose you, so that you won't choose you. That's all I have. Bless bless. Well, family, I hope the discussion has encouraged you. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has infused you with love and truth to live a life filled with God on purpose. And if it has, join us again for more godly discussions. Thank you.